Moses, the deliverer, the most esteemed prophet in Israel's history, he does not go through his tenure as a leader without challenges about his appointed position by God himself. It's Moses' own family who challenge his authority. But God is Moses' defender. I would venture to say that the biggest critic of a Christian in his service to the Lord comes from family. My dearly departed mother asked me one day, after visiting our fellowship, when are you going to give up this little Calvary Chapel church and be a real pastor? Love you, Mom. <laughs> now, that would, that would hurt some folks, but, <laughs> but she wanted me to be a pastor in her denomination. And that was just never a settled issue between the two of us. But Moses, being the great leader of Israel, is questioned or his authority is questioned by Aaron, his brother, and by Miriam, his sister, his own family. So let's pick it up in Numbers chapter 12. We'll read verses 1 through 5. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all the men who were on the face of the earth. And suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. This marriage of Moses has given Aaron and Miriam their cause to come against Moses. Moses has married an Ethiopian woman. Now, Israel was forbidden to intermarry uh, with some of the people or the tribes of Canaan, but to marry an Ethiopian was okay. The Lord had not forbidden it. I happen to have a granddaughter that's an Ethiopian. My son adopted this little girl, and she's a beautiful child, and we love her dearly. And so it strikes close to home a little bit here. Israel, forbidden to intermarry with those uh, pagan nations of Canaan, but Moses' marriage has offended Miriam in particular. And I can't help but think Miriam is jealous. Aaron and Miriam, they boast of their position as religious leaders in Israel. And they say, has the Lord only spoken through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And perhaps they're talking 
privately between themselves. We don't know. But the Lord heard it. Last week we looked at how Israel whined and complained about God providing them a diet of only manna, and then he gave them quail and so forth. But the Lord heard their murmuring. God hearing their complaints. And when God hears complaints, it indicates his displeasure. And now we hear Aaron and Miriam complaining about Moses And we're told God hears it. But why are they complaining? Well, they're biased and they're prejudiced. And bias and prejudice exist throughout our world. We have people hating others because they're simply different. You have to consider what in the world did you do to be born in America. What did you do to be born of the nationality that you are? We did nothing. We were simply born. But during the New Testament days, Jews hated not not only the Gentiles. If you were a Gentile, you were considered a fire log for hell. They didn't have a lot of respect for us. But they, in particular, hated Samaritans. But here we are way back at the beginning of Israel being a nation, and we see Aaron and Miriam, and they are offended that Moses would marry an Ethiopian. And they are offended because they considered themselves special to God and special in their position over Israel. They are a priest. Aaron's a priest. And Miriam is known as a prophetess. But here's the thing. They base their importance upon the fact that God speaks to them and through them. Every now and again, we get to experience what I call a braggadocious person. And they must express their importance to us. And doesn't that grow thin quickly? (laughs) Aaron and Miriam, they have declared in the hearing of God how important they are. They're saying God speaks to Moses. We know that. But he also speaks through us. And then we have Moses giving commentary about himself. And it says, now Moses was the most humble man on earth. And Moses wrote that. And many commentators of of the Old Testament have difficulty with Moses tooting his own horn here. Humility, however, is simply an honest evaluation of self. Not prideful, not false humility, but simple ego honesty. Know who you are. Now, Mike, our worship leader, plays what I call a very good guitar. He plays well. 
And for Mike to say, oh, I can't play, that would be false humility because Mike can play. So it's not wrong for Mike to say he plays. Moses is humbled by knowing God face to face. That's what keeps Moses in a right attitude before God. He knows who God is and he knows who he is. And there is a direct correlation between knowing God and humility. I said, there is a direct correlation between knowing God and humility. You cannot know God intimately and be prideful. It just doesn't mix. But suddenly we hear God speak to Aaron and Miriam along with Moses. Come out, you three, to the tabernacle. Aaron and Miriam are being called on the carpet, and Moses is a witness. God has heard Aaron and Miriam in their boasting, and now they have to give an account to God himself. They have to give an account for their words. Wow. I have seldom, very seldom, regretted my silence. <laughs> but on numerous occasions, I have regretted hastily spoken words. Moses, he doesn't attempt to defend his position as Israel's leader. Now, we can allow God to be our defender, or we can insist on being our own defender, and God will let you. He'll let you go out there and try to do that. <laughs> um, lawyers have a saying it is a fool who becomes his own defense attorney. And isn't that the truth? In Psalm 710, David writes, My defense is of God, who saves the upright in heart. But we have God in a pillar in that cloud, and he calls Aaron and Miriam, and he calls them forward. Step up here. So let's read verses 6 through 8. Then he said, Hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings, and he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses. Now allow me to paraphrase here. Moses, my servant is faithful, and I, speaking of God, speak with Moses face to face. Not, not in dark, shadowy sayings, not with dreams, not with visions, plainly speaking face to face. And then God has a question. So Aaron and Miriam, why are you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And that is a good question. Every person 
that is called to serve God will have people come against them at some point in their ministry. It's going to happen. Years ago, we were first getting started. I would receive a critical email every Monday morning for one particular person, and he would take my sermons apart. <laughs> and it's hard to be gracious knowing what's coming every sun, uh, Monday morning. But I tried to be gracious. But God wants to know, why are you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Why, you, why do you venture out and say things that should not be said? We're told that we're not to receive an accusation against any fellow believer. And 1 Timothy 5.19 tells us we are not to receive an accusation against any elder or ministry unless there's two or three witnesses. These sober words of Timothy, if the body of Christ would obey them, it would stop the rumor mill in its tracks. Recently, uh, I had a retired minister ask me, how could he come and speak to our church one Sunday morning? I told him that that could not have happened unless he was invited by me. Now, I do not invite anyone, and I told him this, to speak, to come up here that I do not know. Period. And I'm not trying to be rude to this man. I'm just telling him the truth. It's not going to happen. But familiarity will often bring a lack of respect. Aaron and Miriam are familiar with their brother Moses. Billy Carter, do you remember Billy Carter? He was a constant embarrassment to President Jimmy. You had to feel sorry for Jimmy every time Billy made the news, you know. Aaron and Miriam... They're family, they're close to Moses, and they're not afraid to challenge his authority. But Moses' authority has come by the choosing of God. Moses, before, you know, he's even out of the crib, he's put in a basket and he floats down the aisle and God protects him while he's floating in a basket on the Nile River. Moses grows. He goes on the backside of the desert, and there God meets with him and speaks to Moses face on face from a burning bush out in the desert. And then we have Moses, and he goes before Pharaoh, the king of the greatest nation in the earth, and he pronounces ten plagues upon Egypt. And then you compare that to Aaron. Aaron is simply given to Moses as a helper. Aaron is to be the spokesperson for Moses. And the Lord himself said, and you will be to Moses, you will be like a god to Aaron. 
Aaron is also the one who fashioned the golden calf (laughs) that caused Israel to sin greatly. But through grace, Aaron remains the high priest. But it's Miriam who appears to lead this insurrection, and God's anger breaks out against her. Verses 9 through 12. So the anger of the Lord was aroused against them, and he departed. And when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous as white as snow. Then Aaron turned towards Miriam, and there she was, a leper. So Aaron said to Moses, O my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us in which we have done foolishly and in which we have sinned. Please do not let her be as one dead whose flesh is half consumed when he comes out of the mother's womb. Aaron looks upon his sister. He sees that she is consumed with leprosy. She has become very white and leprous. Aaron knows Miriam is a leper, and he knows why. It's her punishment for her rebellion. And Aaron also realizes he should be a leper also, for he was part of this rebellion. And Aaron cries out to Moses, O my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us where we have been foolish and have sinned. Aaron and Miriam, they now understand. Moses is God's chosen, and they have acted foolishly. Acting foolishly is a classic example of underspeak. <laughs> they sin grievously, and they call it, well, we, we acted foolishly. No, you sin grievously. They have angered God with their sin. And sometimes we hear a lot of discussion of how God hates sin but he loves the sinner. I agree with that. But notice how God is angry with Aaron and Miriam. He's mad at them. We don't hear that talked about too much. And God is so angry with Miriam in particular that he causes her to be a leper. She's covered with leprosy. Now, there was no cure for leprosy in those days, and still isn't. We can arrest it, but we can't cure it. And she's an outcast because of leprosy, because the people can have nothing to do with her, and she, they must be a great distance away from So let's read 13 through 16. So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, Please heal her, O God, I pray. Then the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, would she not be shamed for seven days? Let her be shut out of the camp seven days, and afterwards she may be received again. So Miriam was shut out of the camp seven days, and the people did not journey till Miriam was brought uh, in again. And afterward, the people moved from Hezeroth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. We have here an example of Moses' humility coming forward. Moses could have said, you got 
what you deserved to Miriam. (laughs) He could have said that. He could have said, I told you so. And he said, you know, as my brother and sister, you have sorely disappointed me. Moses doesn't choose to say any of these words to them. Listen to Moses' lengthy, lengthy prayer to God. Please heal her. That talk about getting down to it right there it is. Please heal her. <laughs> Sometimes we can drown before a lengthy prayer is even prayed or heard. But Moses, in his humility, he didn't ask for justice. He didn't ask to be vindicated by God. He simply prayed, please heal her, O God. Years ago, when the Titanic was sinking, and the people were jumping into the icy water because the ship is going down, there was a preacher who was crying out, Call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Now, we wouldn't have known that cry unless some people had been saved physically. Of course, he's talking spiritually, you know, about the soul. But there was no time for a long confession. Just call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Peter when Jesus calls him to get out of the boat and come and walk on the water with him, Peter begins to sink as he gets his eyes on the water. And Peter has a shorter prayer than Moses's. Peter's prayer is, help. That's all it was. Help, Lord. <laughs> so it's not the length of words that make our prayer heard before God. It's the desperation of the heart. Then we read how God looked upon Miriam's sin of rebellion. If Miriam had sinned against her father, he would have spit in her face. That must have been a culture thing. (laughs) And she would be shamed seven days. So for seven days, out here in the wilderness, the camp of Israel must stay put. No travel. They do not move forward until Miriam can be restored, and by the way, cleansed of her leprosy. Miriam is in isolation. And don't you know, she's praying that God will cleanse her. But the whole nation of Israel is in limbo. They're stagnant. They must sit there till Miriam can be brought back in. Aaron has the benefit of learning from Miriam's leprosy. Aaron was not struck with leprosy. So he gets to learn from the judgment that comes upon Miriam. You and I, As we study the wilderness journey of Israel, we're to learn what not to do. That's really one of the major reasons we're given the difficulties and and all the things that Israel went 
through is we're to learn from it. Israel suffered a lot of trials and difficulties, and they were recorded, written down, where you and I could go and read about them and turn from them. Aaron and Miriam begin to understand what is important to God. His leaders are important to him. They've spoken against Moses, and they've, you know, fell under judgment. But the lesson of Miriam's leprosy tells us straight up, leave God's anointed alone. Leave him alone. Why would God say that? Because God is very capable of dealing with his own people. He doesn't need us to pass judgment or in our own little way try to chastise his anointed. I've been in the Calvary Chapel movement. <laughs> well, some of you saw my beautiful picture of years ago. <laughs> A lot of years. And I'm amazed that some people would accuse Chuck Smith of things he never did. I've heard some of those, and I stopped them, and I said, did you hear Chuck say that, or are you speaking from what you think somebody else heard him say? Two, two men of God in our nation I have tremendous respect for, Billy Graham and Chuck Smith. They kept their skirts clean, if you know what I mean. They didn't do anything to bring shame upon their ministry or upon themselves, and I admire them for that. God can deal with his own ministers. We don't have to do that for him. Amen? Amen. Let me get you stand. We'll close in prayer. Father God, we count it a privilege to have your word. Lord, we read about Aaron and Miriam, and we truly read about the humility of Moses and it grabs our heart how Moses was so humble and how he was your man he was your chosen one to to lead Israel for 40 years in the wilderness what an awesome prophet he was and Lord we read also of Aaron and Miriam and how they came against him and it it wants to be, we want it to be a lesson in our heart and life too, Lord. We want to be found saying encouraging and helpful things, not accusations, Lord. So be with us. Put that muzzle on our mouth when we need it, Lord. We're so prone to say things quickly and hastily that are not of you. So give us a heart. Give us a spirit, Lord, that's controlled by your Holy Spirit. And we pray for this and ask this. And we pray in Jesus' name.